Hey, it's Pastor Mike. I'm here to talk to you a little bit about how to orient someone to the Partners Program. Uh, perhaps you've recruited someone to be involved in Partners, or maybe you've gotten a call from our Partners Coordinator. Uh, someone has signed up at the table, and they are uh, they're in need of getting some orientation of what this program is all about. That's what this particular training video is all about, to get you ready to talk someone through what Partners is and what it isn't. And that is uh, going to require that we have a meeting called a uh, zero meeting. That's what we call it. We've got 10 meetings that relate to the chapters in the manual, but this one comes before all of that in a zero meeting. The first thing you need to know before you ever get to the zero meeting is that we need to make sure we have the latest Partners manual and it's been through a lot of revisions and a lot of changes so you want to make sure that you've got the latest manual that you will bring to your partner at the zero meeting it may be depending on how they learned about the program or got uh, initially signed up for the program they already have it but you want to make sure that you and your partner have the same version which should be the latest and greatest revision of the partners manual and then we'll proceed on to the zero meeting and in the zero meeting these are the things that you want to cover it shouldn't take more than you know 20 25 minutes depending on how much extra chit chat there might be in getting to know one another which is certainly a part of what you want to do in the zero meeting but in talking about the program shouldn't take more than 20 minutes or so to get them oriented to what Partners is and what it isn't. The first thing we want to cover in the Zero meeting is why we choose to do Partners in a one-on-one -on -one setting. Uh, this is very important. Uh, it is um, perhaps better known as discipleship. It is the training, the personal training of someone in the Christian faith. Uh, we do it in large part because Christ modeled this pattern. He would take small groups of people, uh, and even within the 12 disciples, he had the inner core of Peter, James, and John that he invested heavily in, and that very concentrated investment had a large payoff down the road. We choose to do it in a one-on-one -on -one setting because it is uh, so effective for a variety of reasons we'll talk about. But the theme verse for all the partners, which we should uh, mention right up front, is 2 Timothy 2.2. In 2 Timothy 2.2, we have this great paradigm of Paul passing off the knowledge of the Christian faith to Timothy, and then Paul's exhortation to Timothy to make sure that he finds faithful, reliable people that he is able to entrust these things to who are able to teach others also. We want to see this uh, chain, if you will, uh, move on throughout the generations, throughout all the consecutive relationships, so that your life is uh, focused on a concentrated, in a concentrated way on passing along the uh, essence of the Christian faith. In this case, uh, 10 subjects related to the Christian faith that we want to get in the heart and in the life of another person who is a follower of Christ so that they can pass it on to others. The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That's the gist of what Partners is all about, and it is a method that we see in the Scripture with Paul and Timothy and Silas and Titus, and we also see it within the inner circle of Christ's investment within the apostles during his earthly ministry. A book I might recommend that certainly spells out this uh, biblical model is uh, Coleman's book, The Master Plan of Evangelism. And while the title may be a bit deceiving, uh, that it's really not a book about evangelism per se, it is about the way that Jesus invested in a few people to reach the many. Of course, it included evangelism, but a large part of that was training. And I would recommend that book. It might be a good one to bring to the Zero Meeting, uh, and uh, certainly one for you as a partner's leader uh, to, to work through and to read, and just to see that uh, this is something that we find as a biblical template or a biblical pattern in the Scripture, an investment in a few to reach the many.
Second reason that we do partners is because of the great exponential effect that partners has one-on-one. -on -one. And a great way for us to explain this to our new partners is to be able to show them in a chart form. And as you see here, it would be good to set up just two columns and that you start to show how if you had one person who every year could add a thousand people to his Bible study or his church group, uh, we would have a, I mean, real appreciable and noticeable growth. But if you look at someone investing in just one person or two people a year, as you can see in this chart, every year that they invest in two people and those two people would invest each in two more people, we would see this multiplication take place and in time far exceed the impact and the effect that we would have just by adding new people to a Bible study or to some kind of, of, of church group program, large group program. This is uh, really the, 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 the key to investing in a few to reach the many, the multiplication versus addition. And if you could illustrate that with a chart like this, that would be ideal to show them how just the focus on faithfully plodding along and having faithful people who can teach others also, we'll see uh, tremendous exponential growth within the church. Let me just quickly list a few of the advantages of meeting one-on-one. -on -one. First of all, there is attendance. If we have a church meeting or a church Bible study, uh, people come when they can, and when they can't come, the study goes on without them. Uh, the great thing about partners is, in a one-on-one -on -one setting, there is, uh, there's no meeting if there's no attendance. Attendance is mandatory, would be another way to put this. Uh, we don't move forward, we don't make progress in the study unless uh, our partner shows up and is there. And, and that's critical. Um, attendance is mandatory. Uh, you have to come for there to be a meeting. We don't just have meetings and keep going if uh, your partner doesn't show up. Uh, that's huge. Secondly, the content is, uh, is measured. When we think through what we do, we can only uh, do what our partner can, can manage or take in. We can tailor it. Uh, if it's too much, we can see that it's too much. We can talk through the fact that it's too much, being an interactive meeting, and, and we can uh, cut back on the material, or we can keep going in the material. The, the content can be measured, and, and that's important. You can see that uh, the interaction ensures comprehension. Uh, that's a hard thing, knowing uh, what it is to teach in front of large groups of people. You don't always know if people are getting it. Sometimes we get visual cues from people's faces, but uh, we don't have any of the interaction to know if you understood it. There's no Q&A that goes on. There's no dialogue that takes place. One-on-one, -on -one, one of the great advantages of meeting one-on-one -on -one is that you know whether or not your partner is getting it. Uh, you can ask. We can uh, have our partner reiterate what we've just talked about to make sure that they have uh, clear comprehension of what we're talking about. The uh, application can be very specific. I may have a, a brand new Christian in a church setting, in a group setting, and then a seasoned Christian in the same meeting, and it's very hard to discuss application uh, with such a varied audience. But in partners, I know how long my partner's been a Christian. I have a sense of where they're at in life, whether they're single or married or have one child or many kids or whether they're empty nesters. I can deal with the application in a particular chapter of partners in a very, very specific way, something you just can't do in large settings. Next, you can see that accountability is just built in. If you're meeting one-on-one, -on -one, we 
have no way of getting out of not having done something, whether it's a memory verse that was assigned or learning the books of the Bible or finishing the, uh, the fill-in questions. Uh, there's clear accountability and obvious accountability that's going to take place in a one-on-one -on -one setting. And that's critical and that's key and very helpful uh, knowing that every partner is going to go through all of the material. They're not going to do 80% of it or 75% of it. They're going to get it because there's built-in accountability to a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And lastly, in this third section, we should think about the relationship that's built. Uh, it's very difficult in a large group setting to have a real fellowship, a real relationship develop from that teaching setting. But in one-on-one -on -one partners in our discipleship uh, program, there is always a relationship that is built. There's a friendship that's built. There's a camaraderie, a companionship that is built because we're meeting one-on-one -on -one and we're specifically dealing with these issues in the context of relationship. And that's an invaluable advantage to a one-on-one -on -one meeting. All of those advantages should be shared with your partner. They need to know what the advantages of one-on-one -on -one partners is and, and why this is a valuable uh, kind of setting in which to learn and grow in Christ. And uh, we want them to make it a priority by seeing the advantages of one-on-one -on -one discipleship. Uh, we need to now think through and talk through in our zero meeting the requirements, things that we expect. And a great little acronym that we often use is faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful available and teachable, fat, if you will. Uh, we want people that are going to be faithful. If I have someone that I'm going to take through partners, I want to give them right up front the expectation that they need to be faithful to do the assignments, uh, to fill in the questions every week, uh, to meet for our, um, our partner's relationship on a, on a, on a, in a timely way. Uh, I want them to be faithful also to be committed to the point of partners, and that is to pass this on to others when they're done. And I want to see them as the kind of person that's going to make a good um, discipleship leader down the road. So I'm looking for faithful people. And sometimes we just got to see that people will come and sign up for partners that uh, they're, not, they're not that kind of person. They're not ready to settle into a program and be faithful to carry it on when it's done. So we're looking for faithfulness and we want to share that right up front. Uh, secondly, in this, we want to look for a kind of availability. There are some people that are stretched far too thin when it comes to their involvement in church or maybe even just their extracurricular or civic activities, and we're looking for people that can give time to it. So we want to talk about the time that it's going to take. It's going to take an hour and a half, sometimes two hours in the meeting, and it may take uh, two or three hours of prep and memorization time, and it's going to take some time, and, and you want to be honest with your partner up front about the time that it's going to take. You want to be clear with them that uh, the amount of time that's needed needs to be a priority and we need to invest ourselves in this program, maybe to the exclusion of some other things, maybe at church or maybe in, the, uh, in their uh, other extracurricular activities outside of church. But they need to be focused on this program uh, and, and really give it their all for the 10 to 15 weeks that they're going to be in it. So they need to be available. And lastly, they need to be teachable. There are some folks that just are not seeing this as a program in which they can learn. Partners is designed so that we can tailor information and measure that information for people. And we don't want to lose that uh, great opportunity to teach people wherever they're at. If they're a brand new Christian, obviously I would trust they're very teachable. But even if they're a seasoned Christian, they need to be ready to learn and to grow 
if not in just the knowledge of these 10 topics, at least the application of them. We talk about prayer. I don't care where we're at in our prayer lives. We can always move further, for instance. So we want our partner to be a teachable person. We want to tell them right up front. We don't just want to check a box to go through this program, maybe so that we can get on to some other ministry or even get on to partnering someone else. We need to make sure that we're open to growing in our Christian faith. Faithful, available, teachable. That's what we're looking for. It's a handy little... Uh, acronym to remember those things and to share those with our partners so that we find that kind of person to take through the partners program. The next thing you want to do in your zero meeting is agree upon a, a time and a place. A time that you're going to meet every week and it's ideal if you can do it at the same time in the same place every week. That's the best way to do it and uh, maybe you set a time maybe it's Tuesday nights at 7:30 or wherever it is uh, that you do it you, you commit to that place and you commit to that time I do know that there are many people with revolving schedules at work uh, or maybe they're in college or in school and they need to uh, vary their time based on their schedules. That's fine as long as there is a commitment uh, at least to a place and uh, a particular um, faithfulness to doing it at least once a week so that we have the meeting and we're faithful. But the ideal thing is to set a time and set a place where you'll meet that's conducive to doing partners, a place that's not uh, overly distracting or uh, noisy, a place that we can focus and pray together and study together, uh, a place that's uh, conducive to that. I said earlier it will take 10 to 15 weeks. If you count the zero meeting, uh, I think that's the max that we should shoot for. We should set a, a deadline. Uh, I would say uh, 14 weeks from the first meeting, the meeting number one where we go through chapter one, uh, just so that we can have a, a sense of closure to it that we know that we're shooting for a particular date to be done with the whole program. And that's critical. So set a date and make sure that you both commit and agree to saying we're going to make sure that we're done by this particular date. And there are days, obviously, uh, and weeks that we can't meet because of uh, schedules, maybe with our kids or school or church or retreats or camps or whatever it might be. But we want to make sure that we try to shoot for a 14 and at the most 15 week uh, deadline to finish the program. Certainly at the zero meeting, we need to make sure we have the manuals there. And it's good to glance through it and just maybe thumb through the whole thing for your partner and with your partner to show them what it's all about. Obviously, there's reading involved and there's uh, questions to answer. Uh, one thing we want to make sure that we do is, is make sure that our partner has a, uh, a good Bible. Uh, the Bible that uh, we use that we've um, synchronized the program with is the ESV, the English Standard Version. We want to make sure that your partner has a good Bible. And uh, maybe if you know they don't, you show up at your zero meeting and, and you have one for them. That would be great. You can get them from the church uh, or you can buy them a nice one if you'd like. But make sure they have a good Bible. ESV is great. It matches uh, the translation that's in the partner's manual. And so make sure they have a Bible. They see what's involved in it. Even look at some of the assignments that are there at the end of the chapter so that they know there's going to be some uh, memorization involved and uh, some testimonies to write, things like that. But you want to get them oriented to the manual and make sure they have a Bible that they can use as they answer the questions. Now, of course, we want our partner to answer every question in the manual. That's always a good way to start our meeting is, did you get through all the questions? Were there any that you didn't understand or couldn't fill out? And so we want to make, um, make sure that they know they're to fill them all out. But you need to know as you uh, get ready for that first chapter, that we're not going to discuss every single question. We just don't have time for that. That would make uh, partners' meetings far too long. So we're going to strategically and carefully pick 
which questions that we're going to talk through. And the further we go in partners with a particular partner, we'll know the patterns, the tendencies, and maybe the best questions to discuss with our partner. The sidebar notes, the column notes there that say with your partner are a good place to start. They talk about things that we should discuss or even particular answers to particular questions that we should discuss. But just know that we're not going to have time to answer every question together, but we do want our partners to fill in every question. And, and that's an important thing to make clear at the outset at the zero meeting. Obviously, this is best as a church-based program where the partners that are going through the partners program together attend the same church. And if that's a given with you and your partner, you just want to make sure that you encourage church attendance, that you keep uh, an eye out for them on the weekends, that uh, it'd be great if you attend the same service, if you have multiple services like we do at our church, that you're in the same church service, that you can discuss the, the sermons, just that you're having the common experience of being under the same pastors and you're going through the same teaching on the weekend, that's ideal. Some people ask, can you do partners with someone at another church? And at times, our partners' uh, coordinators will say, sure, that's fine, but it's not ideal. And that's important for you to know up front. Sometimes we, we need to do that just to get this going in other churches, or you have a very special relationship with a friend that you want to take through partners, and you're at a different church. But the ideal setting is to have a partner that's in the same church as you. Be great if you're going to the same service, you're connecting on the weekends at church, and you're a part of the same fellowship. That's important. Now, I've talked a few times about the partner's coordinator. Uh, it's so important that you keep the partner's coordinator up to date. And if you go to our website, you'll see the link there to the email. You'll see the table usually out there in the patio of our church where you can kind of mark your progress off just so that we know. It's a bit of accountability for you. It helps us know where we're at so that we can anticipate using uh, the partner's graduates to help take other people through the partner's program. So keep the partner's coordinator up to date and just let them know how you're doing. Uh, if you have questions, certainly consult the partner's coordinator. They can usually answer questions uh, that you run into, but uh, keep them up to date so that we know where you're at and, and when you're done and when you anticipate being done, that's, that's helpful. Now, I know early on, it's uh, easy to let the meetings go too long. And um, there should be an agreement about the time up front. If you say an hour and a half or maybe at the most two hours, that you stick to that and that you are faithful to your word as a partner's leader and you are not going on for extended hours. It'd be better to take a break and to come back a different day of the week or maybe even extend or expand a particular chapter because it is so important and it's causing so much conversation to do that over two weeks uh, than to um, not respect the time of your partner who's expecting an hour and a half meeting and it goes on for three and a half hours. So uh, be mindful of the time that's involved in, in taking your partner through a particular lesson and watch the clock and make sure we get um, uh, we come somewhere near the target time that we expect and have planned uh, for a particular meeting. That's important. Either way, uh, these are just some of the basics, but they're what we want to talk through, go over what you need to know as you begin uh, partners with the zero meeting. Uh, do take advantage of the partner's coordinator. If there are questions that this video didn't answer, be sure to contact them, call them. You can call them through the church. You can email them through their uh, email address on the website. 
But uh, be sure that you prayerfully undergird all of this with a sense of uh, God's involvement. Ask Him for involvement. Ask Him for wisdom. And uh, certainly ask the people here at the church to give you the help as, as specific questions uh, come to the surface. Uh, but trust God. It's a good experience. Even if it's a little scary at first, God has done great things through the Partners Program. And I just expect you uh, to go after it with a sense of anticipation and ambition. And God will do great things. So I'm so excited that you're involved in Partners and we look forward to hearing the good things that God does through you and your discipleship relationship.